Good morning, hope everyone's well. So we're live, it's nine o'clock, and it is the Property News in View. So every weekday, folks, I'm here at 8.30 showing all of the latest property breaking news. And on a Saturday, it's at nine o'clock. And that's the reason behind that is so everyone can have a lie in. And the Saturday news is just literally a week in view. So you know what you have to do, folks. So we have a little rule here. We have a little rule on my page that you've got to say hi and you've got to tell me where you're from. So type in the comments, hello, tell me where you're from. And if you like the news feed, if you could share it for me, and that's just a bit of appreciation for me as it's all completely free of charge. So we work really hard on the news feed to put this stuff together for you and obviously bring all of the breaking news to you. So what do we start with today? Well, first of all, folks, I really love you to share. So click on that share button um, and say hello. Tell me where you're from and I'll do the shout outs. Uh, but I want to say, first of all, that yesterday, I think that my page was the very first page to bring you the news that was happening, breaking at 4pm yesterday, before it even hit the headlines. Now, owing to my source, and I'm not going to tell you who that is, but we have got a very good source, um, we were able to give you that news before it even made the headlines on the internet, um, before it was breaking. So the minute that the press release was written, um, you know, we were able to do that. So... Um, big shout out to that person. They know who they are. I'm not going to reveal my sources, of course, um, but it just means that we can bring all of the news to you as it happens. You know, so it's fresh, really fresh out there. So let's do a couple of shout outs. Now, I've got my little tripod here because I'm at home today, folks. So, Patricia, good morning from Yorkshire. Nice to see you this morning. And thank you for the use. And likewise, Patricia, thank you. Good morning, partner. St. Julie, good morning, partner. Uh, good morning to Ivor. Uh, good morning to Carlo from Aylesbury. And good morning to Andrew. Uh, good morning to Martin Toff from Warrington. And to Gareth from London. Matthew from Bridgend. Uh, Martin, you're not a happy bunny this morning. I think, Martin, that you're not on your own today. Now, I don't know. I don't like to turn this into politics, you know, because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It is what it is. But I think when Rishi and everybody stood up at that lectern right at the beginning of lockdown, they had a lot of kudos, the government, didn't they? Um, not sure at the moment. I still feel the same way. So I'm just saying always on it, Rick, albeit something was suspected. It was indeed. But, you know, we did suspect that they were going to extend the possession date from Monday, didn't we? And that happened. And then literally double whammy straight afterwards. They gave us the six month eviction notice as well. So let's get into this then today. So I've got my iPad here. I'm at home today, folks. Uh, I've got my coffee. It is Saturday. It's chill out day. So I'm going to read this to you. So this has come directly from the government website, okay? <clears throat> and it says, The ban on evictions continues for four weeks, taking the total ban to six months. New six-month notice periods to be in place until at least... Now, that is the caveat. That's, that's the word, at least... Daisy. Daisy's in the kitchen. I'll bring, maybe I'll, I'll bring her out in a bit. Um, where are we? Once eviction hearings restart, the judiciary will carefully prioritise the most serious cases, including those involving antisocial behaviour. So at least there's something to grasp hold of. At least, you know, we're not going to be down the same route of, holy shit, what do I do now? I've got a tenant that's ripping the house apart every night and getting drunk. Well, they're saying now that we have got at least something to plug that gap. Now, we need to see the legislation and everything behind all of this now. We need to see the fine print 
that's lacking. It always is. They release it. They leave us wondering, then they come back and tell us how it's all going to work. So we don't know that yet. And as soon as we do, obviously, we'll be here to tell you um, exactly what's going on when we need to know it. So according to the government website, they go on to say renters affected by coronavirus will continue to be protected after the government extended the ban on evictions for another four weeks. Now, that in itself was actually quite digestible. Four weeks on top of um, what we've already been through was all right. You know, that actually wasn't too bad. So I was talking to Julie and Julie and I were saying, actually, you know, that's all right. We can cope with that four weeks. OK, it's not brilliant. We can cope with it. But then the double whammy at four o'clock came and said that we had to then give six months notice. So that on its own wouldn't have been too bad. Um, and this says that I extended the ban on evictions for another four weeks, meaning the total no legal evictions will have taken place for six months. Now, Robert Jenrick, who I thought was on our side, has announced yesterday the government intends to give tenants greater protection from eviction over the winter by requiring landlords to provide tenants with six months notice in all bar those cases rising or raising other serious issues such as those involving antisocial behaviour and domestic abuse perpetrators until at least the end of March. That worries the pants off me. The government will keep these measures under review with decisions guided by the latest public health advice. This isn't good, folks, is it? I mean, you know, we can flower coat or powder coat as much as we want to. But this word at least now it's bad enough. We're going to March. But the at least reference, you know, I mean, we've got to adapt, haven't we, to survive? Everything adapts. And if we don't adapt, then we've, we we die you know we just fall over so we will adapt from this we'll come around it obviously you know if they are allowing asb and if they're allowing domestic violence and everything and those kind of cases then actually it shouldn't be too bad for us because we can still evict those people now if um if it's for non-payers then if they haven't paid for 12 months, apparently, they will also look at that as well. But you've got to get up to the 12-month period. But at least now we've got um, the, the missing piece of the jigsaw that didn't allow us to evict ASB. And ASB is probably one of the biggest problems that we face as landlords. So that's OK. So let's look at the positives. Let's try and pick something positive out of this. Now, Jenrick goes on to say, when courts do resume eviction hearings... They will carefully prioritise the most serious cases, ensuring landlords are able to progress with those, such as those involving ASB and other crimes. Good news. OK, so that's good, right? Give me a thumbs up if you think that's good, because we've got to look at some of the positives here, as well as where landlords have not received rent for over a year and would otherwise face unmanageable debt. Don't know how we're going to prove that. OK, but OK, let's see how that pans out. The government has taken unprecedented action to support renters during the pandemic, preventing people getting into financial hardship and helpless businesses to pay salaries, meaning no tenants have been evicted since the start. As a result, according to independent research, 87% of tenants have continued to pay their full rent since the start of the pandemic, with a further 8% agreeing reduced fees with landlords. 
Now, the government will continue to work with the judiciary and the stakeholders to ensure that the courts are prepared for eviction cases to be heard safely. Jen Rick has said that I know this year has been challenging and all of us are still living with the effects of COVID. This is why today, yesterday, I'm announcing a further four week ban on evictions, meaning no renters will be or have been evicted for six months. I'm also increasing protections for renters to six months notice periods. They must be given to tenants supporting renters over winter. That's it, folks. So that's all we know right now. Give me your thoughts on that. Are you worried? Are you concerned? Let me know if you are. Um, I think we've got to adapt, as I say. I'm not overly concerned. The biggest problem for us is that we're selling a couple of properties at the moment. Uh, there were flip deals. We bought them about three years ago. And we got to the point now where we can release our equity to put them into the HMOs, which is what we're doing. Um, so for us, they are fully occupied. Now, the buyer is offered us a million pounds. So the million pound deal, big deals. Um, but they want them vacant possession. So what we've agreed was we'll go vacant possession upon exchange and then they're committed. Then we'll put notice in thinking then it would be just two months, section 21. But what does that mean now? Does that mean that we're going to have to wait six months? Is that going to kill the deal? It's a million pound deal. And the money from that project, we're going to go and buy. Uh, well, we were looking at a four million pound deal. So we're taking the equity out of that to put into a much, much bigger deal. <clears throat> but is that going to kill it now? I don't know. I honestly don't know. Andrew's saying the six month concerns me. So every tenant gets a notice at the time signing an AST. No, we can't do that, can we? That was taken out five, six years ago. Do you remember that, Andrew? Do you remember when we used to give tenants a section 21 on the day they moved in? Um, which is a little bit bizarre, wasn't it? Hey, here's your new home. Here's your keys. And by the way, there's your eviction notice. But we can't do that anymore. I don't think that's going to change personally. What does everybody else think, folks? Give me some comments. There's loads of people on today. We've got quite a busy one. Gareth saying we've been looking forward to the 24th of August for all this time. And now they've changed the goalposts and they keep changing them. Yep. Yep. What can I say? They do. But let's let's stay positive. Let's try. Julie saying the six month notice for Section 21 confuses me as Section 21 is only valid for six months. So it will be invalid before the landlords can go to court. Bloody good point. That's nuts, isn't it? Good point. So you can't give a Section 21 with six months notice. And then it's, yeah, you've got to get your dates bang on, haven't you? Because you're supposed to give like 24 hours for delivery of the notice as well, aren't you? So how does that work? Are you going to be over a day by the time it comes to actually going to possession? Hmm. Interesting. What are your thoughts on Jenrick, folks? Andrew's just mentioned, you know, you're concerned about Jenrick. I'm concerned that the government have been pushed into a corner by the opposition. Does this show a strong government? Um, don't get me wrong. You know, we do have a duty of care to tenants. Absolutely. I get that. Um, but... Are they being pushed into a corner by all the left wingers, all the LRUs, the Generation Rent and everybody else? Julie's saying the Deregulation Act was the 24, uh, Section 21 performance. Yes, absolutely right, Julie. Was that 2015? I can't remember when it came out. And Glenn's saying good morning from Wolverhampton. Very concerned. We can't plan ahead with changing goalposts. No, nobody can right now. Nobody can. So I think that the thing is, though, folks, we're all in the same boat. So landlords, um, investors alike, everyone's in the same boat here. So everyone's just got to have to understand that this is what it is. It's out of our control, right? Isn't it? Yeah. Interesting. All right. So let's move away from that and just go into what else have we been talking about this week in the news. Um, so a bit of good news. So foundation home loans 
have reduced their rates across a range of five-year buy-to-let mortgage products. Now, I've heard that um, there's a couple of companies now that are doing 85% loan-to-value again. Whether that's a good thing or not, that depends on how you build your portfolio, depends on your investing criteria. Don't know who they are yet. I'll, I'll, I'll do a little bit more research on that and bring it to the table next week. But we do know that foundation home loans have reduced their rates across a range of five-year buy-to-let mortgage products. The deals which are offered to both individual landlords and limited company borrowers are available within the lender's F1 range. F1 means um, the people with the best credit rating, meaning they are for borrowers with an almost clean credit history. There you go. Rates have been cut on three of the five-year buy-to-let mortgage products offered by Foundation. Does anybody use Foundation, folks? Tell me if you do. I've never used them, don't know what they're like. We normally are, we're into very precise um, Kent Reliance. Those are our you know, bread and butter loan um, providers. Foundation's 65% loan-to-value product is now available at 3.24%, and that's down from 3.39%, Whilst at the 75% loan to value, the rates have been cut from 3.59 to 3.49. Both deals come with a 2% fee. On its large loans, five-year 65% loan to value products will come with a minimum loan size of half a million. The rate is now being offered at 3.14% instead of 3.29%. So Jeff Knight, who's the managing marketing manager of Foundation said, these specific five-year products were already some of our best sellers, and we are now very pleased to be able to reduce rates even further in order to support the landlord community, particularly those who utilize limited companies in order to house their portfolio properties. So good news there. So let's just, you know, try and have a little bit of good news this week. And then other news this week, we've seen a new student accommodation property platform that's just been launched, which aims to deliberately bypass letting agents. Now, I'm all for this. I own GoTenant. GoTenant is my property software. Um, I know how hard it is to bring software as a service to the market and seeing new startups, especially at the age that these kids are, um, I think it's always very aspirational. Housemates... It's called Housemates. So Housemates is for students and landlords and property operators. And it claims it will bring much needed transparency, efficiency and reassurance to the sector. It's now open for early access to property owners ahead of the 2021-22 academic year. And it's, um, it will be taking bookings from October. Whilst it will initially cater for property owners and students in Manchester, Liverpool, Dublin, Edinburgh, London and Melbourne, it's also rapidly expanding its supply across other cities in the UK and internationally. Now, the founder, Lydia Jones, says the student housing market is an area ripe for innovation and disruption. It's 2020 an expectation when it comes to online experiences high. We believe students deserve to be able to book accommodation in the same hassle-free way they do with their holidays. We've spoken to landlords of domestic and international students and it's clear audiences generally found existing processes slow. So students can sign up for housemates for free. Apparently the platform removes the need for letting agents and the fees. Fees? 
We don't have fees anymore, do we? Providing landlords and tenants with the opportunity to transact totally online. So is this a contender to spare room? I don't know. It's called Housemates. Check it out. I'm going to be on there. I'm just going to have a slurp of my coffee before it goes cold. Talk amongst yourselves, folks. We need to use these lives as a little bit more networking feeds, don't we? So that's Housemates, Foundation Home Loans, and of course, the looming possession notice hearings and everything that we've been talking about just going through my notes here from uh, from the rest of this week so what are your thoughts folks then very strange week <coughs> i certainly think that um, we need to make sure now that we keep our ears to the ground find out exactly what's going on find out exactly what it means to us and what we can do to move forward um, a lot of people have been commenting that this is a back way or back ending to getting rid of the section 21, which we were expecting now anyway. What are your thoughts? Do you think that will be the same? Are we still going to see the end of section 21? <clears throat> I mean, I think it's a good case in point to say that the government can do pretty much what they want when they want, of course, at the drop of a hat. So this is all still breaking. Um, I want to th thank my source for that information. That source knows who they are. And we will continue to bring this information to you um, as it breaks. But at the moment, that is all we know. So give me some comments. Let's do a bit of a Q&A. So Julie's uh, replying to Kieran, serving notice as soon as there are two months in arrears, uh, Section 8, and then get application to court. Yeah, Kieran, surely this will also knock on lenders' terms if we can't evict. Lenders are going to have to adapt, aren't they? Mortgage lenders are going to have to adapt. Um, you know, they can't just come and start um, possessing property now. That would just be ludicrous, wouldn't it? Julie, we need a housing minister that stays longer than nine months in 10 years. We've only had one who stayed in the post 12 months. And that is because they make decisions like this and then they can't cope with the outcome and the fallout. Andrew's saying um, that's Santro Rick. They're, they are turning red. Absolutely. Kieran, if you have tenants underpaying, so arrears are growing, when do you make the call on serving notice? Yeah, we're going to go and do a little bit more research on this now, folks, so we can come back and let you know exactly what's going on. So that's it for me today. We're 15 minutes in. That's my Saturday Live. Let's hope next week we've got a little bit more positivity. And at the end of the day, folks, OK, what I do have to say to you is that business is not just all roses, no matter what business you're in. And obviously in the property business is no different. Now, in business, you know, we go through peaks and troughs. We've got calm or we've got chaos. And, you know, you always are either in one or the other. And then, you know, then it changes. And the entrepreneurial cycle is very much like this. What we have to do is we have to adapt in order to survive. Because if we just give up and say, well, now it's getting too hard. Effectively, then we've given up and we've failed. What we need to do is adapt. Now, this is progress, I suppose, depending on how you look at it, depending on which side you sit. Um, but this is revolution. This is progress. This is making things different. And we have to adapt. Now, you know, coronavirus is behind all of this. Um, I think it's just a good excuse sometimes. And very often the government will use it as an excuse to be able to put their policies in. However, We've got to adapt. Now, if we don't adapt, it's over. We will adapt. And I remember, I remember when we used to have something, and many of the people on here won't remember this, but way back 20 years ago or so, 15, 20 years ago, we had same-day refinancing. We had same-day remortgaging. I mean, some of it's coming back a little bit now. But that meant that people could do a leaflet shot across thousands of different people, and they could 
get property below market value. And with Mortgage Express, they could, on the day that they purchase a property, actually get it revalued and they could lend the money based on the new valuation. So people were getting paid to buy houses. And that's why some of the massive landlords now have got these big portfolios. That was how they were doing it. And then Mortgage Express, which was part of Bradford and Bingley, um, they pulled it. That was it. It was all over. And they started um, calling in their book. And everyone at that point, I remember, is like, that's it. Property investing's over. This is over for all of us. We can't do it anymore. We can't move forwards. The government have stopped us from doing it. That's it. It's over. And it did see some people exit the market. But for those that wanted to adapt, they survived. And then different products came out. And then we saw a massive um, influx into the HMO market. And then purchase lease options started to raise and rent to rent started to become popular. And then all of these things started to create the new strategies, which brought the new wave in. And then that survived, obviously, and those people survived and thrived and did really, really well. And then, of course, we had the, uh, the deregulation act that came in. And I think Around that time, when the Deregulation Act came in, we also had the, or very similar timings, we had the Deregulation Act, we had the Right to Rent Act, and we had something else, oh, um, the start of Clause 24 tax, all kind of within a year or a year and a half of each other. And then landlords were saying, hell, it's over, you know, how can we, we've got to do the government's job now with the Right to Rent Act. The Deregulation Act means, means now that we've got to serve prescribed information, otherwise we can't evict, well, hell, doesn't matter now, does it? Because we can't evict anyway. And then, of course, Clause 24 came in, which was saying, oh, Christ, you know, that's it now. It's all over for landlords because we've got to pay more tax. So everyone was saying they're out of the market. So those that didn't want to adapt didn't survive and got out of the market, created opportunities for those that did want to survive and did adapt. So then moving forwards, we then saw the change in the HMO licensing regulations. We then started to get um, wind of the looming Section 21 evictions. And then everyone said, oh, no, we're going to get no. So and my point is, folks, that this is never going to change. We're always going to have an obstacle. But that's business, you know. Um, shit will always happen. And how you deal with it will define you as a business owner. So we've just got to push past it. You know, we've got to push past it and we've got to get through to the other side. So those are my thoughts. What do you think? Give me a thumbs up if you agree. Andrew's saying, don't shoot me for saying that. But was too many amateurs over bidding and not being compliant? What do you mean, Andrew? In what way? Sorry, because I kind of covered a lot of stuff there. Um, you know, there will always be amateurs in the market, won't there? Because that's how people start. You know, you can't come into the market with 30 years experience. You've got to start somewhere. And... Property is not going anywhere. And regardless of what happens to the economy and regardless of how bad the economy gets, people will always need somewhere to live. Now, Andrew's saying too many private landlords. Well, you know, there are two million private landlords in the private rental sector or thereabouts. OK, so two million based on how many. What's the population? I don't know what it is today, but what is the population figure right now? Now, the council and every manifesto says that they're going to build 300,000 houses every year. They never do it. When have they ever or any of our um, government ever actually got to that and succeeded? So there's always going to be a place for the private rental sector. It's got to be good. It's got to be regulated. I get that. And we've got to make sure we do it properly. But 
the, you know, no matter what happens in the government, no matter what happens in the economy, no matter what happens with the unemployment, we will always have to have somewhere to live. Everyone needs a roof over their head. So the private rental sector isn't going anywhere. You know, we might have to evolve. We might have to change our tenant demographic. Things might get a little bit different moving forwards. We don't know how it's going to look. But those that adapt survive. That's just how it is, folks. Andrew's saying the private rental sector's improved. It's improved because there's been more regulation. It's been forced to improve. Uh, Ingrid, hi. How do banks, how do banks has to serve Section 21? All right. So um, it'll be the same, I guess, Ingrid. So Ingrid's saying that a lot of lenders now are, uh, or have been actually for quite a lot of years, putting clauses in their agreements um, to the, uh, in the mortgage to say, that we need to put a clause in the AST to say the bank can take over and possess the property, yeah? Um, I don't suppose that's going to be any different, Ingrid, really. Yeah, I mean, Julie's just um, um, replying to that as well. No, Section 21 only applies to someone who has an AST. Yeah, but I think what uh, Ingrid's saying, Julie, um, the banks, when they lend now, they're putting these clauses into the contracts to say, we need to put into our AST contracts that the property's mortgaged, and if the bank requires repossession, the tenant needs to move out. I can't remember exactly what the wording is. Um, so that's obviously what Ingrid is referring to there. Right, folks, we're 25 minutes in. It's Saturday. Go and enjoy your weekend. Don't worry too much. We're going to be here. We'll still be here having the same conversation. Well, not the same, but different conversations probably in 12 months' time, talking about something completely different. But it's all good. Hang on in there. You know, business is tough sometimes. Got to get up, got to get back down. We're going to get back up again. You know, this is just what happens. And those that adapt, survive. I'll bring you Daisy next time, Andrew. She's in the kitchen. Take care. Don't forget today, folks, what do you do? If you don't do anything else, make sure you have some fun. All right, take care.